my name is Pastor Thad Thomas of Abundant Living Ministries. Today, I want you to enjoy this message of expansion. It's only a taste of how God wants us to expand spiritually, physically, financially. If you want the full message, go to our website at ALM.org. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day for, for, for the kingdom of God. It's a great day to see the miracle working power of God. And God wants this church to go big. God is looking for you to go big. And to go big, it's going to take unity in this church as I started Wednesday night. Unity to go big. But we have to deal with the very thing that's just going to try to stop unity. And it's all around. It's not just here in the body of Christ, but it's all over the world. And God wants this church to go big. God, God is, and he did it, and he, and he said it through his word. In Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 and 3, God's already showed you the blueprint and how to get big, how to go big spiritually, physically, financially, to step out of your comfort zone, your box, the box that you find comfort in. No, God doesn't want you to stay comfortable. He wants you to step out and enlarge yourself. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. God wants us to go big. Say, go big. Go big. And to go big, that means we have to be unified. This is not just a one person thing. No, this is the body, this is abundant living ministries. Now, the greatest weapon against expansion is division in the church, is people that don't want to expand. This attitude of division dilutes the power of expanding, uh, expanding the preaching of the gospel. When you are a person of division, you dilute the power of the preaching of the gospel. When there's a spirit of division in the house of God, it dilutes the power. It dilutes the manifesting power of God. It dilutes salvations, healings, restorations, transformations. It dilutes the spirit realm. It dilutes the physical realm and dilutes the financial realm. It keeps God at bay. No, we're going to stop that because God has called this church to expand Everywhere we look today, everywhere we look today, there's a spirit of division. Parents are divided from their children. Neighbors are divided. Churches are divided. The nation is divided. The world is divided. There is division everywhere you look. Spouses, children, grandchildren, um, your neighbors, your job, your coworkers. There's a spirit of division everywhere we look. And we have to understand, no matter what is going on in the world, we have to have an attitude of unity. We cannot allow ourselves, as the church, who's the church? To be divided. And Satan will use people, places, and things to divide us. He will use your family. He will use people in church. He will use your neighbors. He will use co He will use anybody that is willing to be used by him. But we have to have discernment. We have to be able to pick up on that. And if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be blindsided every time. But we have to heed to what God is saying. God believes in unity. He, uh, he, he is a unified God. Jesus and God were unified. Jesus speaks of his Father. Him, we are one. I and I, he is not, he's not, he's without me, I am without him. We are one. Jesus and the Father was one. Even when they tried to divide it, he says, no, I'm above my Father's business. I'm here for my Father. I'm not here for you. I'm here because the Father sent me. I'm here to do him, do what he tells me to do. And we have to have that same attitude. When you got saved, what I mean by saved, you, did, you went beyond just a confession, no, 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 you got born again. In other words, sin has no attachment to you. You want nothing to do with the devil. That's what born again, that's what I mean. When you got born again, you, you are connected to the Father. Now you understand when, when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. That is your attitude 
every day. His kingdom and righteousness. Nothing else matters. It's all about Jesus. 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 Say that with me. Jesus. That's who it's about. You're unified to him. And we see in the time and the season we're living in, we're not seeing that. We're seeing the body stepping away from preaching true gospel. They want to be, you know, they want to be relevant. They want to be, you know, politically correct in their wording. But that's what I loved about the disciples. They didn't care what man thought. They didn't care what people believed in. They only believed what Jesus told them to say. There's There's only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus. There is no other way. So if you're looking for another way, you lost You're going to be lost, and you are already defeated before you even started. But there's only one way. But Jesus, in all his ministry, Jesus had to deal with the spirit of division. Now, I made allude to this um, Wednesday night, but it's in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 through 28. Jesus had to deal with the spirit of evil when the mother of James and John made a request for them. And she says, can my children sit on the right and left of you? Now that's bold. But she had no clue what she was asking. Because before it got, it got started, we see in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 through 28, we see before it got he crushed the indignation because when the other's disciples heard what James and John's mother said, they got angry. They got angry. They said, who do you think you are? Who, do, who does your mother think you are? Just think it, I'm just paraphrasing. But the boldness of this mother asking Jesus a request that Jesus himself could not give. He says, you ask something I can't do. But I love what he does. He, he, he tells them, hey, I'm not here to be served. I'm here to serve. So he crushed the indignation because he saw it, he heard it, and he knew where God was taking him. And he was not going to allow division in his disciples. So as a a minister of the gospel, you have to have that same attitude, that that same insight and seeing it because why? It's everywhere. And this is probably one of the hardest messages that I'm going to be preaching because it's, you know, I, I want everybody to be loved. And I know through Jesus Christ, we can be loved. But before that happens, sometimes you got to, you know, you got to use the rod and the staff. You got to know, you got to how to lay the foundation. And sometimes the foundation has to be break, has to be broken, excuse me. Not to change it, but to Realign it, get it back to focus. Because it's so easy to lose focus. It's so easy to lose the focus of what God has called this church to do. Now, what what has God called this church to do? To get people saved. Oh, Pastor Dad, I want new revelation. I'm going to give you new revelation. You ready? You ready for new revelations? Because you've had 40 years of it. I'm going to give you new revelation today. Go and get somebody saved today. That's your revelation. Oh, I want something deeper. Well, that's deep in itself because what are you waiting for? I didn't see anybody get up. Because outside, right now, somebody's going to hell. Right now, somebody's going to hell. Right now, every 30 seconds, somebody dies. Somebody's dying. Hell widens itself. What is the vision of this church? To get people saved. To follow Matthew chapter 28 and Mark 16. That is the revelation of this church. Why? Because that is the vision. To go into all the world and preach the good news. Get somebody saved. That is the greatest revelation that anybody can preach. Get somebody saved. I don't hear any amens. That's deep, people. But Jesus, in all this, had to deal with the spirit of division. But I love his response and how he showed, I'm not here to be served, but I'm here to serve. 
Division affects any type of order. Division affects any type of order. It births resentment. It births bitterness. It births jealousy. It births offense. It feeds off of fear. Division feeds off of fear because when, when you speak of new, when you speak of, the, of, of something different, people have a hesitant, hesitation of, 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 of putting up red flags. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, we're about to change something. I love change because it gives the availability of new creativity. Because if all you do is stay stuck in one thing, you go nowhere. I love new. And sometimes new is not what you think. It may not what you want, but God thinks better than us. And he requires his church to follow him. But division affects any type of order. It births resentment, bitterness, jealousy, and offense, and it feeds off of fear. Now, this church, Abundant Living Ministry, believes in order. Amen? Because God is a God of order. He's not a God of division. Because through division, there's confusion. And God is not an author of confusion. He's a God of order. What I loved about my father, the bishop of ALM, was that he was a father and a bishop of order. I can honestly say that in all my 50 years of living, my father and the bishop of Abundant Living Ministries, he was a father and a bishop of order. When it came to fatherhood as a parent, he was a, he was a man of order. When it came to this church, he was a bishop of order. And he expected the church to, to line up in the order that as he lived, so does the church. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus was, a, was, was, a, was the Christ of order. He did nothing out of discord between him and God. He was a, a person, the Christ of order. When Bishop ordained Pastor Francis and I, as pastor of Abundant Living Ministry, he recognized us. Hold you ready. Here, get ready. I'm laying the foundation. When Bishop ordained Pastor Francis and I as pastors of Abundant Living Ministry, he recognized us as the sole pastors. Only got four amens there. He recognized us as the sole pastors. He decided... That Pastor Diane himself would take a new office as founders. When, I, when, when, we, when, my, when my father, the Bishop of Bundelib, began to lay this all out, I looked at him and I said, no, you will not do this. You are the, you are the, you are the bishop of this church. I will recognize you as bishop of this church. And I said, no, you are the head of this church. And he looked at me and he says, no, you are. I says, how can that be? He says, because I've given 40 years of my life and I'm done. I've given 40 years to Abundant Living Ministries, my wife and I, and we're done. It's you. And I didn't understand it at first, and I looked at it, and I was crying. And I says, what, Dad, I don't get this. And he says, son, people, if I stay where I'm at, people will not look to you. They will always look to me. They need to look to you as I look to you. Because he realized that the role that he and his wife, my mother, was going to take was new. Because remember, I am not the one 
that began to start preaching knew he was. He began to preach Isaiah chapter 43. I just took it and ran with it. And he realized that this role that him and his wife, my mother, was going to take was something new because he told me, he says, this is new for me, son, because now I am not up there and I'm watching you to lead this church. And it says, but dead, because that's what a son does. I need you to pour into my life. He says, that's why I'm your counsel now. I counsel you. Because he said, there cannot be two heads. He understood that two heads would create a monster of division which would stop the new that God had promised. Not knowing and both of us not knowing what the future was going to bring because nobody in this food, even myself, even his wife, nobody knew what God said when he said knew this was going to happen. He trusted us with the responsibility and all I ask is you trust our hearts as he trusted us as leading this church. Believing in God's new is challenging. But this is where living by faith comes in effect. This challenge is not just for Pastor Francis and myself. This challenge is us together. Because I realize I can't carry this load. All of us have to carry this load. What do I mean by this? This vision. So what's the revelation? Go out and get somebody saved. That's your revelation. And that will be your revelation till you go out there and get somebody saved. If you can't be faithful in that, how do you expect to be faithful in something bigger? I don't care who the person is. Go share the gospel. And this is all of us. It's not just me. It's not just a handful of people in this church. This is all of us in here. This is, the, this is the call that Christ gave his disciples. And if you're born again today, you are a disciple of Christ. And it's going to take us to have a heart for this. We have to be willing and obedient to establish God's purpose, plan, and expectation every day. Every day we have to be willing and obedient. I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care how, what, what, how busy your life is. You're busy. Your life is never busy enough to get somebody saved. To lay hands on somebody. To see healing power take place. You're never too busy. And if we're willing and obedient, we will see the miracle working power of God. Now this starts when we love this vision. When I mean love this vision, we got to love this vision. What is this vision? Jesus saves, heals, restores, and transforms by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we start loving this vision with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we will make the vision a priority in our lives spiritually, physically, and financially. When we begin to love this vision with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we will see unity. We will see the miracle working power of God. We will see the walls come down, but it's going to take all of us to be unified to this vision. We eat, sleep, and drink this vision. If you're ALM, you eat, sleep, and drink this vision. Spiritually, physically, financially. And if ALM is your church and I am your pastor, then we should understand the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, that we are all saved and called not according to our works, but according to the purpose and grace of God. What is the purpose, grace of God? Jesus saves. Jesus heals. Restores and transforms. ALM. Who's ALM? Yeah. Who's, who's really ALM? Yeah. 
When you say we are, that means you love this vision with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You're willing to do whatever it takes spiritually, physically, financially to get this vision outside these walls. And if you're called to be this church and you say LM is your church, I'm looking for you to serve with Pastor Francis and I in accomplishing this vision. Because it's going to take unity to accomplish this vision. It will not happen if we are divided. I want you to understand something. I'm the pastor of Abundant Living Ministries, and I'm not saying, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. No, I'm here to serve you. I'm not one of those pastors that sit up there in, in, in a big chair and you, and you shine my shoes. Uh-uh. No, no, no. I understand you got to get dirty. See, that's what I loved about Jesus. He was willing to get on his knees and he was willing to take some water. He was willing to take some cloth and he was willing to wash dirty feet. He wasn't just here, all high and mighty. I'm the son of God. I cast devils out. I raise the dead. Wash my feet. No, he says, no, I'm going to wash your feet. See, that's a real pastor. A pastor sits up there and you have to shine his shoes. Kick him out because he ain't a pastor. He He forgot how to serve. And that's the one thing in my humbleness to God every day that I never forget how to serve Abundant Living Ministries. I'm not called to serve everybody of the world. I'm here to cause, I've been called to serve Abundant Living Ministries. If that means I have to get on my knees and wash your feet, I will get on my knees and I will wash your feet. Because if it elevates you to the purpose and grace of God, it's worth it. It's worth it. Because that is what a pastor is supposed to do. But are you willing to serve? With me and my wife. Because that's what it's going to take for unity. That's what it's going to take. Now, this woman that I call my mother that I love dearly. She is the founder of Abundant Living Ministries. And she operates in the ministry of preaching the gospel. We know that. And she will always minister in preaching the gospel every Thursday because that's what she wants. Or she'll, if I need her to step in, if Pastor Francis and I are, she'll step in and preach because that's her role. But her role is a founder of Abundant Living Ministries. That's a big deal. And I honor her in that. And I seek her counsel. Because she's way older than me. Not much. Huh? Only 26 years. But I need to understand. But here's where the problem comes. Oh, those have ears or here. The problem comes is when you go to her and you didn't go to us. That's where you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. And what are you doing? You're causing division, whether you know it or not. It causes division. You're breaking the chain of order of how God flows. Do you understand? Mm, Hallelujah, show me God. Jesus understood the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And he understood if he didn't get out of the way, the Holy Spirit couldn't come. Mm. The Holy God, Jesus, understood if Jesus didn't get out of the way, but he's the Son of God. But Jesus himself said, doesn't matter who I am. I have to get out of the way so the Holy Spirit will come. Thank you. Now, I'm not saying Bishop is the Holy Spirit, but I'll tell you one thing. And me watching him, he was very close with the Holy Spirit. But he wasn't the Holy Spirit. But at least he understood, which nobody knew in this place. I have to step aside. I got to trust you. And I know that's not easy. 
when you see new, when you, when you hear of new, it's not easy, but if you're willing and obedient to what God is doing, everything is going to work out. See, I'm not going to change the vision. No, I'm going to build upon it because that's what a pastor does. See, I know my role as a pastor. A pastor doesn't change it. A pastor builds upon the prophet, what the prophet speaks. He builds upon it. See, I understand that. I'm not here to change nothing, even though there was, there was, there was others that wanted to change it, but hey, they ain't here today. There's, a, there's, there's somebody else who was ordained and or, who was called to be the pastor of this church. I never wanted this. Trust me, I was happy doing what I was doing. I didn't want this. See, when you covet so, something so bad, God sees it, and God says, no. See, I never covet this job. Because I knew what it had to take. Because I watched my father day in and day night growing up at 50 in the, in the wee hours in the morning. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Pray for these people that hate him, that curse him, that disagree with him, that talk behind his back. But they look at him and they say they love him and they stab him in the back. I don't want that. No. But ALM, are you willing to serve with Pastor Francis and I in accomplishing this vision? This vision is a God vision. To see expansion established in ALM and in all our lives. God has given us the blueprint in the word to expand. We can do this. Don't let division dilute the vision that God has given us. Psalms chapter 1. In Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 through 6, it says, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now by reading and hearing what God is saying in Psalms chapter 1, 1 through 6, where do we stand today? Are we blessed or are we ungodly? See, the Lord knows where you stand. See, you can fool the neighbor you're sitting next to or the family member you're sitting next to or whoever that person may be. You may fool them, but you cannot fool the Lord. See, the Lord knows all things. In society, there's two types of people. One who hangs out with the ungodly and those who delight in the Lord. Which one are you? If you have friends that are ungodly, that ungodliness is going to rub off of you. I don't care who they may be. If you're hanging out with ungodly people, that spirit is going to come on you. What are you doing? You're allowing yourself to be divided from God. So you, it's a, it, you need to have an understanding of what God is saying in his word. He says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Blessed is the man, or happy is the man, that walketh not. In other words, you have no association with ungodly people. Now, I know we live in a world, there's ungodliness and all that. What I mean by that, association, in other words, you are willing to break bread. You're willing, here we go, to welcome them into, into your house. Your place of dwelling. Why would you do that? Like, like my wife and I will tell you, when our kids, when they were growing up and, you know, they were all hanging out doing all their thing, I tell them, whatever you did, don't you, you leave it at the door. Don't you dare bring that junk into my house. I don't care what he, you boyfriend or girlfriend, I don't want to hear it. You don't bring it in this house. Don't, oh, you got a bad attitude. Leave it at the, at the door. Don't bring that attitude because you ain't going to like me. 
because I'm not going to put up with it. I don't care who you are. I'm not. Same goes with this place right here. If you have an attitude of division, you're going to see me because I'm going to cast the devil out of you because there ain't going to be no spirit of division in here because the spirit of division brings confusion. And there is no confusion in this place because this is a house of God, a place of order. And if you're used to all flip-flying and doing all that junk, go where you want to flip and fly and flolic all over the ground. But no, this is a house of order. If it ain't God, it's flesh. And I don't want nothing to do with flesh. Now, if it's God, hallelujah. I'm all for it. But you need to understand something. This scripture, we need, to under, we need to look at this scripture because there's two types of people in society. There's people that hang out with the ungodly and those who delight in the Lord. See, the ungodly are division causers. They spew evil discord that corrupts good manner. They are nothing but wolves in sheep clothing. They may look good, they may not talk nice, but listen to the words. Dissect what they're saying. Because if it's not bringing glory to God, you want nothing to do with it. If it's all about me, myself, and I, walk away. Because pride always comes before the fall. You want nothing to do with division. You have a relationship with God. If you're saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost, you have a relationship with God, and you're not going to let any person, place, or things to divide that relationship. You have a direct contact because of Jesus Christ to your heavenly Father. And the devil will do everything he can to separate, to disconnect that line from you talking to your daddy God. And he's crafty. He knows how to use people. And because people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge, they get caught up in it. And they may mean well, but if it's not godly, you need to be like Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. I don't care if it's your mama, daddy, sister, brother, cousin, grandma, or your rich uncle. Get behind me, Satan. Because if it ain't God, get out the way. I I want nothing to do with you. Revival's here. And the reason why the body has not tasted and seen this new revival is because we're divided. When when I was I was thinking about this last night when I was praying. When man created denominations, they got they are they begin to get the ball rolling of division. God never created denominations. Denominations was birthed out of discord. God, I mean, when we all get to heaven, there ain't going to be denominational rows. I don't care if you were raised Church of Christ. Guess what? There's not a road in heaven called Church of Christ. You may have been raised Baptist or Episcopalian or, or Catholic or Lutheran or Pentecostal. You could be you know, raised in the Pentecostal Holiness Church. I don't care. There is no road of the, of the Pentecostal Holiness Church or Assemblies of God or the Church of God. Church of God of Christ or Apostolic. First church of this and that. Jehovah Witness robe. Mormon robe. Get off of it. When people start bringing that junk up, I can't say it. I got, I got family members and I love them, but every time they bring up that, I want to go, Ugh. I just get a, a, a taste, a nasty taste in my mouth. Every time they bring up their denomination, I'm like, I want to hear your denomination. I said, I could care less about your denomination. It's not unified. That's the reason why it's, 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 it, when, when man began to grow, build that, the division started. Ungodlies are division causers. See, you have a choice today in what you want to be. You could be connected with the ungodly, or then you can be those who, are, who delight themselves in the Lord. And meditate day and night on his purpose, plan, and expectation. See, those people who delight themselves in the Lord day and night... Meditate on the Lord day and night. They shun the appearance of evil. 
In other words, if they see evil, they don't go down. I'm not going there. Why would I willfully go there? Outside being led by the Holy Spirit, why would I willfully go into the lion's den? Daniel did not willfully go into the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not willfully go in the fire. No, they were thrown in the fire. He was thrown in the lion's den. Why? Because he refused to associate with what they decreed. Daniel refused what they decreed. You can't pray to God. Well, he opened up all the windows. He says, I'm going to pray to God. And when the trumpets blew and the giant 90-foot Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, golden idol was standing, they all, all of Israel, we don't want to die. Shadow of me, thinking like, we, oh my gosh. And what happened? The Nebuchadnezzar got so mad. He got so angry. He says, make it hotter. Make it hotter. See, the world can make it hot all they want. But they don't know true heat till you get a hold of God. When you get true, when you get a hold of God, that's true fire. That just melts everything. Hallelujah. And that's where we want to go. We want the fire of God to fall on this place so hot that when whomever comes through these doors, it's going to melt. Whatever that devil may be, it's going to melt. It's going to melt every devil, every sickness, every disease, every affliction. And that's here. But if we don't unify ourselves to this vision and make it a priority and quit our schisms, our, our, our stupid negativity talking because, oh, he said this and she said that and that ain't right. Oh, you see what Pastor Dad's doing? Shut up! You devil! Who cares what you think? Get to the altar. Throw it on the altar and give it to God. Because if, if I would have your attitude, I would never get up from this altar. Oh, but you can have that attitude, but I can't. Says who? Pastor's not allowed to get mad. Says who? Oh, only, only parishioners? Wait, 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 wait a minute. How many, I mean, I mean, who's the church? Only four people said that this time. No, 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 no. If you claim to be the church, you have a voice in the kingdom of God to preach the gospel. And that is not to attack your pastor. Because what, comes, what, you, what you do will come back at you. And let me tell you something. God sees all, hears all. If you don't think he, didn't, he won't do another Miriam, yes, he will. Yes, he will. If you don't think Jesus wouldn't do again, again what he did, yes, he will. He, no, the, what does the Malachi chapter 4 chapter four say? God changes not. He changes not. His word is forever. And if his word is forever, that means he is forever. And he changes not. And he expects the body to be what the body's supposed to be and do what it's supposed to do. I've said this before. If you are, if you are the big toe of that body, be happy as the big toe. Because you are just as important as the eyeball. I read that Wednesday night. Every part of the body is important to the kingdom of God. And every part of the body has, a, has a, a purpose and functioning in the kingdom of God. Now, I know everybody wants to be the mouthpiece, but God chooses who the mouthpiece is. I have no problem being the big toe because I understand what the, the importance of a big toe Take your big toe off. You have zero balance. You need the importance of that big toe because that gives you balance. See, God knows everything. Well, Pastor Dad, I'm just an ear. You know what? Be happy that you 
are the ear to hear what God is saying. Because when you hear what God's saying, that is transferring to the heart. And as it transfers the heart, your heart grabs a hold of it. And out of the abundance of the heart, whoever's the mouth is going to, because the ear heard what God was saying, went to the heart, and the function of the heart pushed it to the mouth. See the importance? But if we are not happy, I'm I'm tired of being the ear. I want to be the nose. Sometimes you don't want to smell everything that's out there. I mean, the other day, I'm going to jump off track, but the other day, my dog was letting me know, I have to go to the bathroom. And this nose did not want to smell what he was telling me. But I'm glad this nose understood its function in this body to tell me because my dog Tyson does not talk, but his smell resonated in my nose, told my heart and out of my mouth came, you got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) God works in mysterious ways. (laughs) We laugh, but it's true. God has created all of us in this room today and those that are watching by internet. God has created all of us to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But the choice is ours. The choice is yours today on who you want to be. If you're going to be ungodly, then be ungodly. But you can't be both. You can't have it both ways. You can't have a forked tongue. Double-mindedness is unstable. Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, it says, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Matthew chapter 12, verse 37 says, For by the words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So change your language today. If you're a person of discord, change your language into a person of praise. Because anybody in this room can be negative. If, 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 if we can lose weight by being negative, we would, be per- we would have the perfect body. Come on. Come on. You would not have those wrinkles. You would not have that cellulite. You would not have to go to the doctor and have to do all those fillers and lifts and tucks and, you know. If you would just, you know, if we would all lose weight from being, you know, stop being negative. Every time we just praise him, we lose a pound. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, I just felt 10 pounds has come off me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All of a sudden, it's like, you, you ugly person. Oh, I just had a big Mac and, you know, some fries and all that. And how many people know when you get, when you go back, when you get off your diet, what happened? You gain more. See, the devil doesn't tell you that, does he? Does he? But we willfully do it. We laugh, we play, but man, wouldn't it be great? But what did he just say? What did he say here? What he did, what will happen? If you're planted by the rivers of water, if you have an attitude of praise, you will bring forth his fruit and his thing. His leaf also shall not wither. In other words, you will have the glow of God just oozing all over. You will always look beautiful. You know, I'm going to be honest with them. When I took my mother, with Pastor Friends and Anna, we took her and she went to go see her family. She saw her brother before he went on to be with the Lord and all that. And after I looked at all of them, and I said, man, where's Jesus? And I look at my mom, and I looked at them, and I'm like, where's Jesus in your life? Because you don't look like Jesus is in your life. You look like you've been beat up by sin. And I'm not bragging, I'm serious. Because it it dawned on me what the Word of God says. Your leaf will not wither. When you walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, in other words, you disregard your leaf, also shall not wither, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. In other words, you're going to be rejuvenated. 
Not only physically, but spiritually. We have been given a clear understanding of what is required of ALM and how to act. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. That is how we're supposed to act. We are peacemakers. We're not bridge burners. We are peacemakers because this is what is required of us. Jesus consistently told his followers to behave in ways that will prevent division. And he did it this way, and he says, how do you behave? This is how he said, he says, this is how you behave. Love others. Include your enemies. Not only everybody, it's easy to love your friends who are, you know, who love like you, but no, he says, love others, including your enemies. Don't judge others. Ooh. Don't condemn others. Forgive others. Treat others the same way you would like to be treated yourself. Pray for those who persecute you. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Be merciful. Be humble. Serve each other. Do more for others than ask of you. And let your yeses be yeses and your noes be no. Now, everything that I said are all biblical backing. Everything I said is all biblical backing. You can find scriptures for every one of them. But this is, this is what God requires his people, those that are born again, his church who's been called by his name. He has called us to behave in such a manner that is not taught today in any Social networks, it's not taught in the school, it's not taught in government, it's not taught anywhere. All we hear is hate, hate, and hate, and discord. But Jesus says, no, love. Love others, even your enemies. Love your enemies. Bless them, forgive them. And the scripture is if you have aught between people, deal with it, fix it. The worst thing you can do is let it fester. The worst thing you can do if you have issues with your brother or sister in Christ or, or, or just family or in a, is let it fester. You don't let it fester because that's the worst thing. All it's doing is getting, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and getting uglier and uglier and uglier when, it's, when it only started between two people. And it's amazing, and if you let it go longer and longer and longer, it goes beyond two people. It goes three people, four people, five people. Why? Because mouths talk. And people generally, if something is bothering them, they share it with other people instead of glorifying God. Bad news travels fast. Ugliness affects everything. You have one rotten orange, it affects everything. And we cannot afford that in the church. Why? Because God has revival for us. God has revival for you. And we cannot let anything get between us and what God wants to do. And we got to walk in love, even though, even though we, we may have something, issues. But hey, let me ask you this. Can we find a common ground? What's the common ground? Jesus saves. Can we find a common ground? Because not everybody preached like Apostle Paul. Apostle Peter did not preach like Apostle Paul. Matter of fact, they had issues. And Paul dealt with it. Paul went to Peter, and they, what did they do? They worked it out. Because Peter thought another way. Apostle Paul thought another way. Do you realize, out of all those people, there was only one that was qualified in the law out of all of them? And that was the Apostle Paul. Apostle Peter, do you understand on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when he prophetically spoke the, what the prophet Joel said, that was the Holy Spirit because a fisherman had no way of getting knowledge of the law. But the Apostle Paul was raised as a Sanhedrin. He was involved in the temple. He had privilege. 
to open up the law and begin to study himself. But I love it. Peter allowed the apostle Paul to speak into his life and allow him to open his eyes. But what's the common ground in this church? Jesus saves. Whatever it takes. Even if you're of, as, as, as the disciples said, there are the, they're disciples of John. and We're disciples of you. That can't be. And Jesus said, leave them alone. Are they getting people saved? Are they preaching the truth? They couldn't deny us. Yeah, they're preaching the truth. Because John the Baptist said, there's somebody coming that's far greater than me who baptized differently. So if we can find this common ground that Jesus saves, let's unify ourselves around that. Forget about all the other junk because it ain't worth it. It's not worth it. What matters is shutting hell down, bringing forth revival. And what I love about it is that if we focus on that, the Holy Spirit, as he did in Acts chapter 2, and the, when they were in the upper room, he brought it all together. And that's my prayer, that God brings it all together. ALM loved this vision, and established a vision, vision, not because I ask you as pastor, because you, but because you love God and want to expand the kingdom with souls, healings, restoration, and transformations. How do we expand the kingdom of God? By being spiritually, physically, and financially active. Spiritually active is you're always in continuous prayer for the expansion of the vision. Spiritually active means you are always in continuous prayer for the expansion of the vision. Not just when you come here, but when you're at your home every day, you're praying to expand the vision that God has placed upon your life, this church. Physically, your calling is always available for expansion of the vision. You're always available physically to do what it takes to get people saved, healed, restored, and transformed. And financially, whatever it costs to expand the vision, whatever it costs to expand the vision, whatever it costs, God, if it's getting people saved, whatever it costs, I will give it all. I will not only give my time, my calling, but I will give of my finances to get the gospel preached outside these walls. Praise the Lord. Get ready for expansion. You may be watching today and you desire to be saved, healed, restored, and transformed. Today is your day. Just say this with me. Jesus, save me from my sins. Heal me from my sicknesses. Restore me back to God. Holy Spirit, transform me to kingdom status. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord, King, and Savior. If you did this today, welcome to the family of God. Until next time, remember, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus restores, and the Holy Ghost transforms.